0: coming up on today's episode it's a mailbag edition get into your questions and comments about the jets defense core plus a potential alternate trade scenario we get into that as well hello everybody recording live from somewhere What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Alright, let's get right into it here for mailbag edition part 2. We talked about the forwards last week with your questions and comments and like we said at the top, it's time to get into the back end. We'll do that right away to wrap up the week here on skates and plates joining me once again early in the morning an a.m edition of skates and plates cjob's tyson rowiki here with us once again how we doing this morning tyson i know you're a bit of a sleep hound so i'm I'm curious to see what the energy levels are going to be like right now we're doing fantastic it's i I was saying to you earlier. i don't really know what i'm going to do with some of this time i have in between now and my shift, you've never you've never been up. <laughs> I mean, is the Price is Right still going on? Oh, it's going. Oh, no, there we go. Out. Let's make a deal, a little Wayne Brady. He's the host now. Yeah. Oh, let's me. I was thinking Deal or No Deal. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, two kids in the fold for me, and a job that gets Tyson to work odd hours means we, we got to switch things up a little bit so it's an am version i've already i'm gonna get coffee number two underway pretty quickly before i head on to winnipeg sports talk and tyson what do you got there like a two liter size red bull water oh, that's for later the, the red okay. Bulls for later. we got to clean up the system first with the with the bottled water i got a sugar-free red bull a couple in the fridge ready to. that's like my break in case of emergency caffeine intake there so I'm, I'm good to go for today, but it wasn't too bad of a night last night, so I'm feeling all right. Um, but yeah, plenty to get into here. We'll try to make this one nice and quick and get you guys off to your weekend in style. Uh, but before we get into the mailbag you guys have, more rankings, a more micro look at rankings, especially with the forwards, and then an interesting scenario that I'll bring up. Before we do all that, let's do a little trivia here, Tice. Um, you hit me up with some defenseman theme trivia before. Not your best effort, not knowing some of the answers. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be a little more um, I'll be a little more official here, um, if you will. Um, but we'll switch it up a little bit because I saw this quiz pop up on Sporkle, and maybe we'll we could do maybe like a rapid fire sort of a thing. Um, but the theme of the quiz, quite simply. Second in points. And so the name of the game is, can you name the player that finished second in points in each season from 1980 to today? All Simple right. enough, right? Yeah. Do you want to start? And we'll try to do this extremely quickly as well. Um, So why don't we go from like earliest and then we'll move back down to the 80s, okay? Sure. So I'll give you the. So this is the, the the previous season, and I'll just I'll give you the team name. It might be a little bit hard for you to go rapid fire without it. Um, and then we'll see how you do. Okay, pretty easy to start off with um, the Edmonton Oilers. Tricycle. Nice. The year before that, somebody from the Florida Panthers. Huberto. Okay. Good job. Um, we've got a bunch of Oilers for the next three. Do you want to take a stab at who that might be? Leon. And uh, if it's not Leon, <laughs> it's it's McDavid. Yeah, there we go. Good stuff. Okay, seventeen, eighteen, the Flyers. Drew. Sixteen, seventeen, the Penguins. Crosby. All right. So far, so good. Uh, fifteen, sixteen, Chicago. Kane. After that, the Islanders? Tavares. The Ducks? Getslav. Yes. Back to back Lightning. Actually, three in a row, the Lightning. Two different players. Uh, Stamkos and St. Louis. All right. 09 10, 08 09. Same player from the Capitals? Ovechkin. Then the Penguins? 08 07 08. Crosby, you idiot, it's Malkin. That's, Malkin. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's why it paused too. I was like, Is that the one where, yeah, I, uh, I mean, it's one of them. Um, 0607, the Sharks, Jumbo, Jumbo, uh, then the Rangers, 0506, yeah, Yager. then we got uh, the Thrashers in 0304, Kovalchuk. okay, back to back Canucks. Nasland, yeah, then the avalanche. Sack-ic or... Sack-ic. Well, you only get one there. That's Sack-ic. uh, Sackick, uh, Florida in 99 2000. Uh, beret, nice Anaheim, Korea. Oh, it's Timu. <laughs> Timu, uh, we'll just do the 90s here, wrap it up quick. We got Penguins back to back, same guy, 95. Uh, 95, 96, 94, 95? Uh, Mario? That uh, would be Armor. armor. Um, Red Wings, 93, 94? Uh, Fedorov? Yes. Sabres, 92, 93. Oh. McGilney? Uh, good, not bad, but it's actually Pat LaFontaine. LaFontaine. I think he had 148 that year. Oh, and goodness. then we'll wrap it up, Tyson. Bit of a tricky one. The Penguins, 91, 92. It's not Lemieux, if you said Tricky, and it's not Yager. Ron Francis? It's a solid guess, but that would be Kevin Stevens. Oh. One of the OG power forwards. <laughs> oh, for the 90s. All right, good work. Pretty solid stuff there. Uh, let's, You know what, keep the forward talk going before we shift to uh, the defense here. I thought this would be interesting to do because we talked about it in our, in our previous episode. Um, and this is maybe just a bit more of a, I guess, quote unquote official ranking here. Um, but Jay Fresh Hockey, you probably follow him on Twitter, uh, the creator of those player cards. If you don't, give him a follow, he's great. Um, but what I like most about this, Tyson, is somebody else did the hard work for me, and we get to reap the rewards from it. Uh, but he put together a fan ranking of the forwards heading into this upcoming season not team but just forward by forward okay and he compiled almost 300,000 fan votes so this is pretty you know like it's not you know absolutely concrete but it gives you a what I like about it is I think sometimes like when you're in a market right like and you're a fan of a team you get blinded this you're getting like 29 31 other perspectives thrown into the mix here right so it should give us a better sense of where at least three of the Winnipeg Jets show up on this bad boy. Um, Have you seen this? I have. Okay, so you probably know the deal. But if you haven't, three Jets in the top 50. Kyle Connor comes in at 33. Then Ehlers and Scheifele back-to-back 47-48. Does that surprise you at all? No, not totally. All right. (laughs) Just because, like, I think there are if you if you're using all forwards, I think the centermen kind of have. I like. I would say there's probably at least twenty centermen that I. Well, Tyson, I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked because I actually did a bit of work on this. (laughs) Um, According to the fan vote, this is the fan vote. Mark Scheifele was the 22nd ranked center in the NHL. Kyle Connor was the 17th ranked winger. Ooh. Ehlers, 26. Ooh, I don't know if I'm. I got a bunch of beef with the wingers.
1: Yeah. A lot I'm... of the wingers ahead of
0: Ehlers for sure. A couple ahead of Connor as well, I think. Con- Connor's at least, like, I mean, to me, Connor and Ehlers are both top 20 guys. Yeah, I agree. Not top 10, but somewhere in the. In the teens, I would say, for both of them. Um, So let's go with Shifley first, because we spent a lot of time talking about that. So 22nd ranked center seems a bit harsh. These were some of the guys ranked ahead of him. I won't get into everybody. But Malkin, Dylan Larkin, John Tavares, Matt Barzell, Mika Zabinajad. Elias Lindholm was actually ranked after Shifley as well. Um, But I mean, a case to be had for him being put into the mix. For me, I mean, for sure, Tavares. Like, I, there's no. I don't think there's any. I really don't think anybody would take Tavares over Shifley at this point in there. Like that. That to me is ridiculous. Um, Shifley over Larkin for sure. Malkin's a tough one because he's just like he's older. Yeah. Right. Like it's you're trying to like separate the guy that he was to the guy. I'm. Yeah, that one's a little tough. But. I mean, Tavares Larkin, I I think for sure I take Shifley over those two. Um, And that puts him kind of, I think, where you and me both have him, roughly in like the high teens of centerman in the NHL, right? Yes. I think with Malkin too, like, it's the inconsistency. You never know if he's going to be, I mean, I guess you can maybe say the same thing about Mark Shifley early in the season compared to late in the season. But one thing with him is just that you never know if you're going to get the best player in the league or a guy who d- looks disinterested, right? Like, it's it's a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation. With yeah, him. I I I think I might put Shifley ahead of Malkin right now just because he's 37, Malkin, going into the... Like, I know he was a point of gain last year, but I, I'd i probably have Shifley looking at the, the guys that are in and around him here probably around 18. So... Pretty close, but a couple guys that I have some problems with there. When it comes to the winger group, I mean, especially with Ehlers, you're, and I get this is going to be, you know, recency bias and things like that, but you would literally rather have Marsha so than, than Nick Ealers in the lineup? Yeah, that one's crazy. That, Jay, I, I, I mean, Jake Gensel at this point in his career over Nick Ehlers, I don't think, like, imagine if the Jets traded Ealers for Gensel. Yeah. That would no. I, I I at least think that would be a nightmare. Um, Some of the other guys that are ahead of him, I mean, Jonathan Huberto after the season that he had, yeah, a guy that's all like crazy one dimensional. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking Nikki over over Huberto any day of the week. Then there's some that get you know a little bit tighter. By the way, they uh, the fans have Nylander ahead of both Connor and Ehlers, um, but then you have Kevin Fiala. It's a little, that's on the, the edge there. Clayton pretty Keller. Pretty players, Really? What's Healers that? Ealers and Fiala, they're pretty similar players. Yeah, you kind of get into... I mean, after you get past, let's just say, the, the 30th ranked player, which is Andrei Svechnikov, it's basically all smaller point-per-game wingers. Which I guess at, at that point is probably fair. Like, you kind of mash them all together um i mean timo meyer is just behind cal connor i might have timo meyer ahead of cal connor just because of the complete package that he brings to the table there but yeah i, I don't know if i can put any of the guys i to, like to me connor and ehlers are kind of just you put them back to back like they did with shifley you have them 17 18 i think that's probably fair yeah I, i'd agree with that though that was one of the things that stood out to me, too, Is just the Jonathan Marchessault. like, he had what a great playoffs, but holy, you're crazy if you'd rather have Marchessault over Ehlers. Yeah. I, I, great run. I mean, Justin Williams won the Colin Smythe, too. I don't know if you would take, you know what I mean? Like, just because yeah, a guy has a lights-out playoff run doesn't mean that they jump over. I mean, Philip Forsberg and Alex Tuck were just behind Ehlers as well. Like you're gonna take Marcia so over those guys? Come on, man. yeah. Let's let's get let's get let's get real for a second. Um, but interestingly, the Jets are one of the only teams, Tyson, that have three in the top fifty. Like, there's not too many teams that have three guys all ranked there. Now, I think what separates the Jets and some of the other teams is that the next closest guy for Winnipeg comes in. Good God. Somewhere in the like – Velarde 133. So there's a massive gap from 50 to the next closest guy. And I think that's the main problem with the Jets forward core, right? Is who's going to be the guy that steps up and becomes somebody that can get a little bit closer to the, you know, the upper half of the list there. Yeah. And that's what this season's main goal is going to be, right, is seeing – If Velarde or Perfetti can take that next step, can they handle a line by themselves? It's going to be... I mean, I've said it before. I wanted this season to kind of focus on development for those two guys, but we'll see. I mean, someone's going to have to step up in this forward group, and so who's it going to be? Which Which one of these young guys is going to step in and be that new staple, be that new PLD even? Shifley for Tavares still has me... I'm so rad. Like, I'm not even a i'm not the biggest mark shifley fan i I just toronto fans hate like who's voting him ahead of shifley like least fans cannot stand the guy
1: that one just
0: oh my goodness it's like have you done like tavares can barely even get up and down the ice i know point wise he's still you know rocketed pretty decently but uh, there's just no way in front of the net on the power play with those guys and he picks up garbage garbage goals like next year, after this season, I think that contract's going to be like poison pill. Yeah, I, I could look it up a few more. I don't know how many more years are left on it, but did not age as gracefully as a lot of us thought he might. No. Oh, well, too bad. All right, let's go to the mailbag, Tyson. <laughs> Defensive talk here. Um, only a couple of questions. <laughs> and you, you were funny right before we started. <laughs> you kind of nailed it on the head. Nobody has any questions because it's the same group as last year. <laughs> like it is there's no new questions it's just this like all right do the like the same things happen we got to figure something out here (laughs) um but we thankfully got a few in from some of our loyal listeners and i guess let's start with this one here tyson our 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 boy byron the bulldog um yeah (laughs) just a nice simple one for us What would be the ranking for the Jets decor, you think, in a best-case scenario world with the guys that are currently on the roster? So Morrissey has another Norris campaign. DeMello is solid and steady on the top pair as his partner. Neil Pionk is the guy that he was his first year in Winnipeg. Let's say Sandberg is a more than capable partner for Neil Pionk. And then some combination of, I mean, I guess best case scenario would be Hainala and Chisholm are electric on the third pair, right? But, like, let's just say, you know, the Jets have one of the better third pairs in the NHL, whoever that might be. Where would you put that decor amongst the best in the NHL? Would that be a top 10 group, you think? Well, if we're being realistic for, like, best case scenario, right? Because I could be like, well, Sandberg took a huge step, and he's a number one, and then Hadley came in, surprised everyone, he's a number yeah. one now, but if we're being realistic, I'd go with 12 or 13. I still don't think there's just a, there's enough there to get into the top 10. Even if Pionk has, has a bounce-back year more as he continues, because guys like Demelo, Dylan, and to a lesser extent, Sandberg, I think he's going to show a little bit more offense this season, but those three guys have a pretty limited ceilings. You know what I mean? Like it's not, there's not too much higher for those guys to go. I mean, they're very respectable defensemen and good defensemen, but you're not getting anything new from these guys. You know what you're getting. So I think 13's a fair. Seeing Pionk jump back to where he was before, and then having any a young guy. Take up the third, third pair and kind of anchor that, and then Sandberg excelling in a second pair role. I think that pushes them up to 13. Yeah, I mean, you look at the teams that would be in and around that spot. I mean, it still doesn't give the Jets two elite defensemen. Because I think best case scenario, Pionk is just like a really good second pair guy, which is, you know, that would be outstanding if he was that for the Jets this year. It, it probably pushes them, I think, around 10 for me. Like, I think that would put them ahead of Toronto. It would put them right around the Islanders-Calgary situation there. So, yeah, probably best-case scenario sees them become a top, a lower half, top 10 defensive group in the NHL. Um, not the most high-ceiling group in the world, but, I mean, with Hellebuck, if Hellebuck gives you a good season and the defense does that, you would think the forward group would do enough to get them into the playoffs. Yeah, even if the forward group has a like, they they all play to their, you know, average capabilities. So, you know, I wonder, I, I guess like one other way to look at it would be if like best case scenario for the whole team, probably puts them. I don't say with Colorado, but with Dallas, just behind Dallas, third in the agree. Central. I'd agree with that. All right, thanks for that, Byron. Um, this one here coming from Jeff and thank you, Jeff. I don't know why I'm saying your name like that. Um, but, uh, another simple one for us, Tyson, especially because we just talked about Shifley, Ehlers, Connors rankings league wide with the forwards, much easier with defensemen. Where would you rank Morrissey heading into this year? Ooh. Now I'll, I'll make it a little bit easier for you and us. I mean, there's a handful of guys, no doubt about it. I mean, Kale McCarr, number one, might be one of the best players, not named McDavid on the planet right now. Um, McCarr, Adam Fox, I think Victor Hedman still, even though the year that he had wasn't all that great. Roman Yossi, that's fair too. Yeah. Charlie McAvoy for sure. Yeah. Heiskanen. Heiskanen. Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah. So that's about 7 or so guys. After that it gets a little bit interesting, doesn't it? Yes. I mean the the tricky part is like like Morrissey versus Slaven, for example. Yeah, that's one of the guys I was thinking of actually. It's like it's tough to compare like they're just they they play totally different. For me, I guess I would have Morrissey as a, as a top 10 defenseman right now. Yeah. I I would have probably have okay, yeah, don't be too don't be too eager to jump in on that, Tice. I, I'd probably have him just outside the top ten. The, I mean the one thing I would say either way we go is that this is kind of like a golden age for defensemen in the NHL right oh, now. Yeah. Like you know, in, in Morrissey's season he just had, if he does that five or six years ago, he probably wins the Norris. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's crazy that he had the year that he had. And legitimately it was like the fifth or sixth best year in the NHL. So like there's like there's that like it's it just sucks that he's, you know, I guess finding his game at a time when um league wide defensemen are, you know, as good as they've they've been in, in, in quite some time. I mean, you'd have guys like, you know, Quinn Hughes play similar to Morrissey, but slightly I didn't even slightly outscore him actually, because Morrissey missed a, a handful of games, right? Um, but Dougie Hamilton as well would be in and around there. Brandon Montour, I kind of like, was... kind of like Morrissey, where he exploded this year, right? And they they play a little bit of a similar style of game. And then you get into um, yeah, I, I don't think I would take Sergachev over Morrissey. But I mean the Vegas guys, right? Petrangelo and, and and Shea Theodore, they win a cup, like maybe even Devon Taves. Yeah, that and Taves is a tough one too because playing beside the best defenseman on the planet probably ups your value a little bit. But he's pretty damn good on his own. There, I would feel. I would say the nine or ten for me. Yeah, I, think I, I would separate. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just. I would go ten or like same sort of thing. Ten or eleven. What might separate Morrissey from the majority of the guys that are ahead of him? you know, he doesn't play with a high-level partner. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like you know, even Slavin has either Pesci or Burns over these these past few years, although he did carry Tony D'Angelo. You know, maybe, maybe Slavin should be a top-five guy if he carried Tony D to respectability, right? But, like, you know, you look at some of the guys on the list here, and they've had, I think, you know, he probably ranked their partners ahead of Dylan DeMello on the list. On top of that, Morrissey pretty much carried the Jets' offense for, half the season it felt like last year. So I feel, I feel good about Morrissey being a top 10 guy going into this season. Um, yeah. If he delivers anything close to what he did last year, the jets are going to be in a great spot there. So that's great. Um, but there's, yeah, there's some damn good defensemen in the NHL right now. And there's like a few guys that are, that were drafted these past two or three years that also look like they're going to be superstar studs as well. You know what I mean? And Mo Sider could come up and have a seventy point campaign this year to go along with what he does in his own end of the ice, so he's gonna like that's the crazy thing. It's like you're a top ten guy now, okay, do that for the next two, three years, and you'll probably just stay there. You won't even move up the rankings any bit, which is just wild um but yeah, defensemen are defensemen are pretty fun to watch nowadays um and then we'll get to this last one here, Tyson, and this isn't even a reader comment or question because it's mine. <laughs> and i thought about this the other day and i'd mentioned it to you and we you know probably i think we waited until this week's episode to get into it but it was just an interesting sort of thought experiment because i talked about this with hustler on winnipeg sports talk but let's go back a little bit to around the nhl draft and the rumors that were swirling about the winnipeg jets trying to improve their defense core and obviously The deal that we're talking about was the Jets' reported interest in Travis Sanheim. Now, Sanheim was being offered to a bunch of other teams. The asking price, we won't quibble about it too much, was essentially a first-round pick and one of your high-priced defensemen. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So now that we know what the price was, and more interestingly, now that we know who the Jets picked, would you do the trade, Tyson? And so would you do this trade here that I think it would have been from Winnipeg's side of things? Would you have traded Nate Schmidt and Colby Barlow for Travis Sanheim? No. That was I, pretty much my exact reaction. Like, yeah. no. It's, it's, especially like when I mean, you see a face value, you're like, oh, hell no. There's no way we're doing that. But if you think about like, you're getting a top four D-man for the next six years. In theory. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For the next six years. And you're locking him in behind Morrissey. Well, wasn't it eight years? Oh, yeah. Eight, eight. eight years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So – you're that's your number two anchor for the next eight years, and then you don't have to worry about it. And the guy being from, from Manitoba, El- Elkhorn, like you know, I think that he is he's probably open to staying here for a long time. But <laughs> well, the good, the, Barlow, the, I mean, the good thing, Tyson, would have been you don't have a choice, Travis. <laughs> yeah, <So>. yeah. <laughs> no kidding, but Colby Barlow, like that makes it a little tough. Uh, he's what's what's interesting to me Tyson is it it's always like you're humanizing the at but like once you put a name and a face to the pick that it's like no we're not doing that yeah but, but what it was a first and and Schmidt it's like huh interesting exactly. but I I I agree with you in the sense that you know the way the the board fell for the Jets that would be too big of a price to pay, I think. Especially yeah. with the fact that, you know, again, in theory, you're getting the top four defensemen. There's no guarantee that Sandheim would be somebody like that, right? Like, when you're training for Chikrin, there's a lot more upside, like, you know, a first and Schmidt for Chikrin. Even if it was Colby Barlow, it's like, okay, well, you know, ceiling-wise, we're getting a, a pretty legitimate asset here. Like, yeah. that, that makes a lot more sense to me. Um, but I think... I mean, it's got to be eighty, ninety percent in favor of the Jets standing Pat there, and actually being in favor of Chevy standing and Pat for once, and and holding off on making the move there, even though it would alleviate five point eight, five point nine million dollars off the Jets' cap hit by moving Schmidt to go along with it. Yeah, I mean, you would be taking on Tra- Sanheim's cap hit, but then it's more and more of an acceptable role for that salary instead of Nate Schmidt's almost six million playing third pair, like it's, it's intriguing. But yeah, once you, once you know that Colby Barlow is the pick, it makes it a lot tougher. Yeah. Funny, but good. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Sandheim fan in the world. Having to watch him play. um, Unfortunately, having to watch the Flyers play these past few years. So I, they had too much risk for me, not knowing that he may or may not be, you know, a high end second pair defenseman or not. Um, but I'll tell you what, probably going to enjoy watching Colby Barlow score 25, 30 goals for the jets in about, uh, three or four years time. I don't think he's going to be all that far away. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with the Schmidt cap it right now, but I think the fans will enjoy Colby Barlow's output in a couple years time. Um, but that's going to do it for us on the episode here. Thanks for your questions and comments. Once again, on the reader mailbag um might be a bit of change of plans for next week i uh will be out of town on a work-related trip so might be tough to get in an episode or two so just make sure you stay tuned Uh, make sure you subscribe on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on and uh whenever the episodes come out you'll get that little ding and be ready to go um either way though we will be back sometime soon our next episode will have the goaltending rankings. What it is for now? For now, it's good. Next year might be a bit of a different story, but we'll enjoy the rankings on um late August at the very least, where the, where the big Jets will uh, find themselves sitting pretty once again. There, um so yeah, just uh, stay tuned for when the episode comes out. Will come out sometime in the next week or so. Uh, but until then, thank you guys for stopping by and listening once again to another episode of Skates and Plates of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki CJOB's Tyson Rowicki with us once again. We'll be back at it shortly. Until then, though, enjoy the rest of uh, the final day of your work week and have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe and have a good time, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.